Welcome to Into the Known, a podcast focused on helping you find the known within you. With you today are your hosts, myself, Lisa, and Cindy. And today we're going to dive into part two of healing and forgiveness and talk about forgiveness. Okay, so so Lisa, we have this whole other topic, forgiveness, <laughs> that, you know, kind of comes on... Eh, you tell me how you see forgiveness because I'm yeah. getting ready to say something being like, I don't know if I agree with my statement I want to make. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's fascinating to me because I grew up in a very religious family and, you know, forgiveness is part of the dogma of, of the family. And the way I learned forgiveness as a kid was, well, you just turn the other cheek, right? And then so in my mind, I visualized this thing. Well, if someone slaps you, you have to turn and say, okay, go ahead and slap the other cheek. Like, no, <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, so it sort of morphed into this idea that forgiveness is you just have to accept what has happened to you and go, it was, that's fine. That's fine. And so that has always sat with me. And, and it just really just made me super angry. And I'm like, no. So I was very resistant to forgiveness for the longest time. <laughs> And then I started doing this, doing the energy work. And I said, and you know, forgiveness came up in a couple classes. And I said, all right, all right, let me just look at the energy of forgiveness with nothing attached to it. Like what is, if I just looked at the energy of forgiveness with nothing, no dogma, no rules, no ideas, no, go ahead, Cindy, say what you're gonna say. What color was it? <laughs> For me, I first saw it as like a silvery color. Oh, interesting. I always see it as yellow. Oh, funny. But I, I yeah. know why. I I associate it with a very specific healing and that's mm. the color of healing for me. And that's why yeah. I associate that. Yeah. It was sort of like a sparkly silvery thing. Um, and, and I said, all right, I just want to look at the pure essence of forgiveness. And when I did that, it was, it was amazing. Like the, it was just, it, it doesn't condone what happened to you. It doesn't say whatever the bad thing that happened to you is okay. It says, no. And it says neutrality and it says you're done. And it's separation. And whatever the other person on the other end of the experience decides to do or not decides to do, like when you put the energy of forgiveness in between you and that person, you have the freedom to walk away and be untethered from that loop and that experience. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's what I want forgiveness. That's what I see forgiveness as when I look at it from an energetic perspective. So you gave me a really specific definition this morning about how you see forgiveness. Do you want to share what that was? I did. What did I say? I forget. So you said before we started recording this morning and I said, well, how do you see forgiveness? You said something along the lines of absolute, absolute neutrality towards yeah. the experience. Right. Yes. And I don't think you mentioned that just now. No, I don't. I guess maybe I did. I I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, <laughs> I thought I said neutrality, but maybe I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say absolute neutrality. I said neutrality, but and, and the reason the absolute is sticking out is because it reminds me of radical honesty. I don't know if you remember a few years ago mm. where everyone was participating in radical honesty, which was a horrible idea because that is just <laughs> not smart. And if you practice radical honesty, I apologize if I just offended you. But I don't agree with your starting point, so I'm allowed to have an opinion. Um, but to me, when you are talking about forgiveness and you provide you provided this definition of absolute neutrality, it makes sense to me. It mm -hmm. doesn't 
feel big. It doesn't feel small. It doesn't feel large. It doesn't feel like a rule. Mm -hmm. And to me, forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. I don't actually care about, I'm selfish. If you don't know this already, then I don't know what to tell you, but I'm, I'm usually pretty unconcerned if we are in a space where forgiveness is being given or received. And this came for me, came out of a technique that I learned, um, about how to practice forgiveness. And it's, you know, energetically asking for forgiveness and offering forgiveness. And I, like you really looked at what asking for forgiveness meant and what offering for forgiveness meant. And because I looked at it energetically during a time in which I didn't have anything inflammatory going on, nothing was supercharged in my life, I can return to that moment and say, this is what forgiveness means to me. And this is how I want to receive it and how I want to offer it. And it has helped me to move through a lot of stuck energy. It's helped Mm -hmm. me to understand why it was stuck and and what I needed to do. What I found fascinating about your sharing how you started on forgiveness was, I don't know if you said the dogma of forgiveness or if I just heard dogma and then added a forgiveness, is a very, it's a very like, militant's not the right word. I don't want to use the word religion. It's very like dogmatic. That's like the best mm-hmm. way to describe it is to use the word dogma. Um, and it makes it that presentation of forgiveness makes it seem like you're okay with what happened. But mm-hmm. your your definition, Lisa, of neutrality towards an experience doesn't mean you have to be okay with what happened. It mm-hmm. just means that you are gaining your neutrality towards it so that you can move away from it. And I think that's right. an important distinction. Yeah. And the other thing that I sort of was taught was forgiveness has to be on both sides right so in order for you to get like true forgiveness and get past something like the person like you have to forgive the person and that person has to forgive you otherwise it it doesn't work and i (laughs) so that also was just like well i don't know like my little kid brain in the back of my head was like i don't know about that Well, and in some experiences, forgiveness might not even be an option. Right. It might not. It might not be something the person might have passed on. They might not be in your life anymore. Mm -hmm. You might be upset about something that has nothing to do with like a very specific person in your life. So it's like really that expectation that you would receive forgiveness is a little astonishing. But you're right. That is the dogma of forgiveness is mm-hmm. is that you you will forgive the person and they will accept your forgiveness. Right. And did you did you watch The Office? Oh yeah, love The Office. Okay, so you watched The Office and <laughs> I don't I I wish I could remember the name of the episode and I know I'm going to get so much flack from my friends for not remembering it, but it's when um the paper goes out and there's a horrible illustration on it. And Michael Scott does this whole thing about like wanting to, you know, let the clients know and like bringing in this small time client to offer her forgiveness and like gives her a coupon for like 20 reams or free something, whichever happens first. And she's like, well, I don't accept your apology. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole moment of like, recognizing that there's this expectation within forgiveness that if we apologize, it will be accepted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, because some things just are not 
are not acceptable. And right. when you're describing this dogma of forgiveness and needing needing it on both sides, like that's what stands out to me is like, well, no, you your expectation might be out of alignment with reality. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, forgiveness is like, how do I get free from this? How do I um, move forward? So I think that was when I learned, when I saw that from an energetic perspective, then forgiveness made absolute sense to me completely. And I think you can apply it to many things. Like you can, you know, look at past life experiences, if that's in your world. Um, you know, there's, I'm sure if you've had long lifetimes, some things have happened. I don't know, you know, burning at the stake, drawing a quarter, whatever. <laughs> There's the hard time that I have. <laughs> I know, right? You know, war, pressing the know. red button when you shouldn't right. have. <laughs> you shouldn't have. And so I feel like you can use forgiveness, that energy of forgiveness, when you're looking at those energies too, where you've gotten sort of stuck in a in a past life trauma or something, and then you can't quite get out of. Um, I think forgiveness is an amazing energy to help you shift out of there. I had another thought and I lost it. And I was like, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe it'll come back. <laughs> it'll come back, I'm sure. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Um, so growing up in a religious family, you know, you know, Jesus was talked about quite a lot. And and I, I think, you know, and he sort of uh, given the accolades of bringing forgiveness to this world. You know, just to say, hey, this idea, what about this idea of existence? <laughs> I mean, sorry, what about this idea of forgiveness? And what I, but prior to that, it was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? So you gouge out my eye, I'm going to gouge out your eye. You cut off my hand, I'm going to cut off your hand. So, and I, whenever I, I, I visualize that story, it's that, that to me is a loop, right? So you hurt me, I hurt you. You hurt me, I hurt you. Um, and I feel like that loop is so prevalent in, in our world today. And it, you know, with everything that's going on in 2020, it's sort of exacerbating all this, like you hurt me, I hurt you, you blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth. But when you can get this energy of forgiveness sort of in between those, that loop, then you can walk away from it and stop the loop. And I think that's the most inspiring and kind of exciting thing for me. I like that. I like that picture. Um, I was never one to hold grudges. Are you a grudge holder? Mm. Not well. Mm. Were you a grudge holder <laughs> prior to energy work? I would say I, well, maybe, maybe it is a grudge. I don't know. Like, I think for me, it was sort of, I um, harbored the feeling. Maybe it is a grudge. Like if you hurt me, I stuffed it in the closet. You know, like I couldn't say any, I can't say anything to you because for whatever reason, whatever block I have, like I can't stand up to you at that moment and, and disagree with you when you hurt me, but I'll stuff it in a closet. I won't release it. I won't let it go. I'll hold on to it. But do you eventually open up that closet and let that all come out of the person? Well, I did. I did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but did you? But was it aimed at one person in particular? Uh, well, it was sort of like I, yeah, there were there were some people in there for sure, for some specific people, and then there was just sort of like the me girls and the kids that made fun of my hair, and then you know, so there was sort of like groups. She has beautiful hair, by the way. Like I can't. I know, I'd like glowing. to share that like. <laughs> My sister's name is also Lisa, and she also has red hair. And sorry for putting on blast, sister, but love you. Um, <laughs> and it's so it's so fascinating because you both have these stories of I don't understand it. Redheads, like I have red in my hair, and like I have since I was a kid, but I just don't under I. I'm glad that that 
idea that stereotype has gone out the window in the last 10 or so mm-hmm. years, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't know. I'd have to ask a little redhead kid now. But um, yeah, growing up, it's because you were different. It was it was really that was it. You know, I was the only redhead in the school. If you'd gone to an Asian country during that time, you would have been adored. My friend's I- little <laughs> sister in high school went to Japan and she's a, she was natural redhead. She was, I think, 11 when she went and everyone just fawned over her. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, that would have been great. But no, that, you know, growing up in the Northeast, if you're yeah. different, you're uh, picked on. And I can say that that I that is where I, I studied was in was in the Northeast. And I can say with the girls that I worked with intimately, there was a level of bullying that occurred. Mm-hmm. But the greatest part of it was there was communication with the parents. So things mm. were, were and and I was an adult that they all trusted. So I actually was able to be a part of that. And I found that offered me forgiveness to my younger mm-hmm. self that couldn't stand up for herself. And yes. so, and I don't think I would have realized that without this conversation, but I very mm-hmm. much got to be a part of helping to ensure these young children or young kids, they preferred the phrase kids to everything else, were safe and were, were able. And even when I was working in low income um, junior high schools for volunteer work, like same thing. So mm-hmm. I just caveat on bullying. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Because I think for me, I, I also applied when I was doing the meditation yesterday, like I did the forgiveness for to them. But then I also forgave myself yeah. for not standing up for myself, you know, and I just said, at the time, you couldn't do it. It wasn't it just wasn't possible. So and that's okay. And, you know, to have self forgiveness so that I can walk away from that. That was whoo. That was actually more powerful than, <laughs> than forgiving the jerks. <laughs> so Okay, so you just touched on something that I want to kind of expand on. Mm-hmm. So over the summer, I did Intimate Own did several guided meditation series and will continue to do them in the future. But one of the things that we worked on and that I will always work on with people is forgiving an earlier version of yourself so that you can mm. let it go. So going into this healing and forgiveness combo, we will hold our earlier versions of ourselves, of our parents, our siblings, our friends, our partners to an earlier version of themselves as though they would be imbued with all of this information. I look at the way I was raised and I do my best to hold my parents accountable to the information they had, to the social norms of the time, to the standards, et cetera. I think I've shared on here in doing some of the deep diving academic work, I have to go back to primary text from time to time. And I have to put myself in a vacuum of like what they knew in that time. And when I explain to clients, to students, to friends, if you can look at your 14 year old self, your eight year old self, your four year old self and say, you did the best with the information you had, that is offering a healing to an earlier version of yourself because you are forgiving that they were not smarter than Mm -hmm they weren't as smart as you are now. And this is a bit of a caveat, but I'm I'm kind of interested in your perspective, Lisa. Earlier this summer, I had a client who's in her young, she's a young 20 something. She is making phenomenal leaps and bounds given, given what she has gone through in this lifetime. And she messaged me one day and she said, I think this is going to be more of a conversation than a text message. But what do you think when people say, if I had known then, um, if I could go back in time, I would make a different decision. Have we talked about this, Lisa? Mm-mm. Okay. So she asked me, like, people say all the time, if I if I could go back in time, I would make a different decision. And she's like, but that doesn't make sense to me. So we spent 45 minutes one morning this summer talking about this. 
And she's like, I feel like what people mean is if I can take all of my knowledge back to that moment in time, I would make a different decision. And we didn't have the conversation immediately because I had to really think this over. And to me, because of the way I understand time, and I really look forward to when we can finally get around to talking about time, because just spoiler, the way in which I see time is that there are fixed points in time. If you watch Doctor Who, it's very much of Doctor Who. I have a very Doctor Whovian perspective on time. And I was so excited to find out that Lisa liked Doctor Who as well, because when we get to time, <laughs> we're going to have this great way to talk about it. So my starting point is there's fixed points in time, but everything in between that are kind of, you know, a free for all. And those fixed points in time can change, but it's kind of what you like abstractly decided before you came into your body. And so when I was speaking with this young woman about time, I said, I think it depends on what the experience was. And we started using bullying and examples of bullying as a way to kind of like work through whether or not we could actually make decisions. And then we went down like a deeper, darker hole that we're not going to get into here where we were kind of like looking at, would you make a different decision? But I'm just curious because I take the starting point in present time that I cannot judge somebody from a contemporary standpoint based off of a prior experience. I can't judge that prior experience on how I know them in present time. And if I didn't know them at that time, I really can't. Because I feel that way, this is like really challenging for me sometimes because I do, I have said like, if I could go back, I'd make a different decision. Mm -hmm. But the more I do this and the more forgiveness I've given myself, the more I think I have to kind of rethink about it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I, it just took me back to a reading I did on a, a woman who had a very similar upbringing to me. And I remember it was such a vivid picture. I don't usually see things so vividly, but um, it was a moment in her childhood where she had to decide whether I continue showing how capable I am as a clairvoyant, you know, she had a lot of knowingness as a kid and it kind of got her in trouble because she would say things and they'd be like, how the hell you know that? <laughs> Welcome to my life, ladies and gentlemen. Right. right. And then, you know, she'd get punished for it or whatever. So she had a choice. I saw her clearly in front of a crossroad and it was, you know, just just keep continue on, you know, developing my creative or uh, um, psychic abilities and just deal with the, the backlash or turn it off. Well, you know, turn it down <laughs> yeah. so you can never turn it off. Um, and she chose to turn it down, which is what I did as well. And, but in that moment, I saw clear as day. It was like, there's no wrong answer here. None. Oh, like interesting. Either, either path was fine. Like there was no wrong choice. And eventually, like I just clearly saw the path sort of branch off, but then they came back together later on. And then, you know, she would. My fixed point in time. Say, this fixed point in time. Right. So it was, for me, that was the biggest healing. And I got goosebumps talking about it, but. For me, that was such a big healing <laughs> to see that because I would be, I was able to go and forgive myself at that moment for, you know, turning down my psychic abilities and, and go, you know, it was fine. Like whether I ch chose either path, it would have been fine. That's so, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me answer that question. Um, mm -hmm. So when we think about forgiveness, like everything else, there's layers. <laughs> what, like, why, why are we forgiving? Why do we need to forgive? For me, it's to be free from sort of the negative, negative interactions or the um, just the. I feel like I get into these traps where I get into emotional like 
negative emotional loops. And the only way I can get out of it is through forgiveness. And I remember this one meditation that I did out in the backyard and I had this like massive headache, like just massive. <laughs> and it was just like, uh, and it was just so much pain in my head. And I knew it was an energy thing. I'm like, oh, this is energy. I know it is. Um, so I'm sitting in the backyard and I'm meditating and I'm like, how the heck am I going to, what am I going to do about this? Like, I don't even know where to start. And this voice in my head said, Lisa, the only way out of this is forgiveness. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. <laughs> so, so I just kept repeating in my head, like, I am forgiveness. I am forgiveness. I vibrate at forgiveness. I am forgiveness. And I just kept saying over and over and over and over again. And slowly the energy started to lift away from the pain in my head. And that was sort of a proof point for me to go, you know what? Forgiveness is really a very powerful healing tool. It's a, it's a tool that can help you shift out of these pain loops or energy loops that you're stuck in when uh, nothing else is working. <laughs> okay. So in listening and listening to you share about forgiveness and then thinking about my perspective and, and what I feel like I'd like to convey there is a karmic component to forgiveness. And I want to mm. I want to share that I would like to share that to me, emphasizing that forgiving somebody does not mean that you agree with the decision they made. Right. But that by offering forgiveness and asking for forgiveness, you are removing your energy out of the experience or mm -hmm. or the moment. Now, some things like early childhood trauma, chronic trauma, repeated trauma may require different levels of forgiveness. And forgiveness may be your last step. I don't know much about the 12-step programs, but I know forgiveness is one of the steps. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, there is a karmic component. And when you're talking about your experience recently about looking at this junior high Lisa and offering forgiveness to her for not being able to stand up for herself and then offering forgiveness to those that participated in the negative experiences is really a way for you to de-energize that moment, bring that energy out of it, and really end the karmic agreement as well. So there's mm -hmm. an added layer to forgiveness that removes it out of the dogma, which really does feel, the dogma of forgiveness really does feel like you have to accept the experience at face value without yeah. any retaliation or retribution and you have to just say that it was okay and mm -hmm. it moves it into by incorporating a karmic aspect to it it also moves it into de-energizing and and taking your agency and accountability back which are really big for me yep and when you're talking about you were just forgiveness during this this migraine episode that you had um, I turned it into a migraine. I think you said it was a headache, yep. but close. <laughs> you felt like it. <laughs> I know you get migraines, so yeah. it just feels like it was an appropriate one. But when I think about that, what I, I'm really drawn to is how much of your your energy you got back and how mm -hmm. accountable and responsible you are to those moments. And then thinking about the junior high stuff, you are still accountable and responsible, but you've now allowed grace and space to forgive that you couldn't do more than you did. Right. And because my starting point is that most people, not all of the world, but most people are not malicious or have ill intentions. I, I feel like 
I can say offering that kind of forgiveness to them is acceptable. That being said, I know I have past lives where I push the red button and I know (laughs) that there are a lot of times where I hit that energy and I go like, and that's part of what I've been working through over the last couple of weeks is what happens when my most capable self fully gets embodied and I'm working through the times that I decided to push a red button and I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to assume that that version of myself made the best decision she could, but I'm yeah. not perfect. And I wasn't always a good person in every single mm-hmm. lifetime I've had. And I think we all have those moments, but I think forgiveness at least offers a step towards that and can be the closure for some of the karmic stuff too. And I have, yeah. I have seen that in readings and healings where, in fact, I'm now remembering one that I did as a student where the person we were reading wanted to bring an agreement with a a family member into present time, but could not offer forgiveness for the experience. Mm -hmm. And so we couldn't do it. And forgiveness was like a very, was the last part they needed. And so that was what was conveyed. It looks like you're still working through the forgiveness as you continue to find your certainty around it. This will be brought into present time, I think is, you know, that's the language I would use now. I don't know what was said then. Yeah. So to me, there is this karmic component that also contributes to stepping out of the dogma oh yeah absolutely and uh, your your read just triggered a memory of a read that i did on a a woman and i saw it really clearly in her third chakra where she was in this just just argument with this guy that she had dated like she was just like yelling at him like you know and um you know because of the the way that he had treated her like very poorly And she was so angry about it. And she just, you know, like energetically, she's still yelling at him today, even though the the, the relationship had ended years ago, but she was still holding on to that anger. And, you know, as I was doing the read, I sort of energetically, you know, proposed the idea of forgiveness. (laughs) And it was like, no, yep, (laughs) no. Um, So, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like you have to get to the point that you want to do that. Somebody said this to me once and I was like, God, this makes so much sense. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And I think when you can get to that question in a situation like this where someone's done you wrong and you're really pissed off at them and you are in the right, right? Um, Continuing on with the argument or trying to get justice sometimes works. But if you're doing it years later... (laughs) Maybe it's not working (laughs) and that maybe forgiveness would be a way out of that (laughs) situation. Well, and it's, it's so, so interesting because like, as you're talking, I am brought back to dating. And if you are dating in, in the 2000s, in 2020 and 2019 in the future, there, there's that concept of, of ghosting and investment and all of this stuff. And I watch my friends, some of my friends get so upset in how I get treated on dates or on the ghosting that occurs afterwards or, you know, most recently, I need to soul search. Cool. I'm not going to be around when you're done. I mean, the odds of me being around when you when you have found your soul is a whole other level because last time I checked, like, that is literally what we spent our lives doing. And the the anger that gets held. And then in I have one friend 
who doesn't live geographically close to me, but we talk pretty regularly and our dating lives tend to kind of parallel in this weird way. And she'll, she'll share her very close friends' perceptions on the, the relationship. And part of our friendship, actually, our friendship is founded in, non, in no judgment because we don't live close to each other. And, like, our in-person experiences are so minimal that we just hold space really well and offer, like, these very, like, optimistic responses when everything's looking horrible. But she'll share, share like, some of these insights her friends have about the men that she's dating or the way in which she's being treated – and I will get so angry on my friend's behalf because I'm like, why are they throwing that out there? And what I realize is that for me, forgiveness, when I don't have high investment, when I'm not highly invested in somebody, when we've just met, I'm going to forgive you so much faster because you don't know. You don't know what my pain points are. You don't know that like that's a trigger that, you know, you said this one statement, you didn't communicate at this one time, like, you don't know that that's a problem for me. So I'm going to hold space and forgive it. And I just think like how much anger gets put in place where just simple forgiveness could be really mm -hmm. helpful. And even in looking at what's going on in the United States, as we enter into fall, I'm not big on, you know, wanting to forgive really large I'm not in a space right now where I'm neutral enough to want to forgive really large atrocities that have occurred mm -hmm. this year I'm I'm not there I will get there because that's who I am and and that's just how I process but I do think like I would I wonder what happens if people get met with unconditional forgiveness if they are able to have somebody just be so neutral to who they are and how they are what kind of change can be created mm -hmm. for them? And and then that leads to like the more individualistic perspective because that's what I'm more interested in. So then I, I question, what can I have if I can be unconditionally forgiven and can forget, forgive unconditionally? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really fun thought game. And and I just think like, I even, even as we're sitting here talking, I'm thinking about projects I'm a part of that maybe I've dropped the ball or the ball has been dropped and when I go like, well, what happens if I just say like, I'm human and I want to be forgiven for that? There's this this guilt that lifts for me and it's really kind of cool. And so I I think like we we're so quick to the the lower vibrational emotions sometimes that forgiveness doesn't it just seems like an afterthought. Yeah. Or it just seems uh, like you can't you can't get there or it's impossible or but if you if you look at a situation from the dogmatic, dogmatic rules that we said forgiveness is, yeah, maybe it's probably impossible <laughs> in the many occasions. Like they're not going to forgive you. You don't want to forgive them. But if you look at it from that energetic perspective where it's just like you are disengaging, you are gaining absolute neutrality to the situation, then that's different. I feel like forgiveness is more possible that way. And for me, a lot of the forgiveness that happens where it's not a conversation. And in fact, if you're close with me, you know, like, I'm not big on harping on like, what went wrong. I'm just like, okay, like, what happened? And how do we mm -hmm. move forward and make sure it doesn't happen? Again? But what I'm thinking about right now is like, when I do feel like forgiveness is needed on one side, I will meditate. But I was just thinking like, well, not everyone listening to this is going to meditate. So I just want to offer you can always write a letter and then burn it or soak it in water or, you know, hold on to it and mail it if it ever seems mm -hmm. right. Or you can ask somebody to be that stand-in person, person, especially if 
the forgiveness that needs to occur is with somebody you cannot speak with either because it's just not in your best interest because y'all know me like cost benefit analysis 101 <laughs> it's not in my best interest I'm not participating in it um or maybe the person's not there but just thinking through three simple ways if you are in a space where you're ready to forgive and I don't think any of these are surprising I think many different modalities use them but like meditation writing a letter or asking someone to be a stand-in person mm -hmm. and let them know how you anticipate the responses to be or what you need the responses to be maybe you need somebody to say you're forgiven right right so i just wanted to offer some tangible yeah no i like that yeah i'm a big journaler so like i write a lot in my journal so uh, yeah i like the idea though of writing a letter but burning it like that to me, it has a good feel to it. Like you write it and then you let it go. Yeah. And when I'm working with kids, because we're not going to introduce fire, but when I'm working with kids, we do a lot of ripping up of paper. When I'm working with adults, we'll, we'll burn. I mean, we're not doing either right now because, <laughs> you know, we're not having public experiences. But I found with kids, we did this really cool meditation. Um and had them write out like things they'd been insulted about or bullied or et cetera, really invalidations they had received. Mm -hmm. And um, we gave them the opportunity to read. So these were third, fourth and fifth graders. We gave them the opportunity to read what they wrote down. And they had like up to like, I think 10 pieces of, of you know, small paper um, or they could just tear it up and put it in this box. And so everyone had a different way of handling it. Some of the kids just took all of their paper and ripped it all up immediately. Some wanted to read all of them. One of the girls, I think it was, yeah, it was one of the girls. She wanted to hold on to them because she wasn't quite ready to release them. Mm. And I think she was in fourth grade and it was the most mature thing she had done all semester mm -hmm. was to say, I'm not ready to let this go yet. And I just remember looking at her being like, that's super cool. Yeah. And I think that's great. And she's like, I'm going to put it, I think she put it in her diary or something. And then we ended up making um, like memory bottles. And so she ended up putting it in the memory bottle. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, yeah, whenever you're ready, go ahead and release yeah. that. But it, it's a process yes. and it can be the last step. It can be the first step, middle step or last yep. step. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because you're right. I mean, <laughs> it's, take, it's taken me quite a long time to... <laughs> Open that closet and look at that energy and forgive it. You know? You're ahead of me. I'm not. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm, I'm over here being like, I don't know if I'm totally Can I work with, with one, like my, one of my goals is working with um, young girls aged eight to 14, specifically because of the challenges I faced. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason I haven't done it yet is I have to work through mine and forgive myself yeah. and my early versions. More importantly, I have to forgive the adults around right. that did not intervene when they knew what was going on. And to me, that's not something that happens anymore for the most part from what I've seen being in schools um, and then friends that are teachers or friends that are parents. There is much more hands-on intervention with adults to kids now than there was when I was a kid, which I'm really grateful for. That being said, it really did create a very resilient Cindy, mm -hmm. you know, and by the time I was in high school, I didn't care what other people thought. I mean, that was that was the greatest result of being bullied so young is that by the time I got to high school, I really did not give any sort of Fs about <laughs> what other people thought of me and did not hit that level of invalidation again until undergrad. Mm -hmm. And that was mostly because of choices I was making and people I was surrounding myself mm -hmm. with. But, there, you know, resiliency. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I would not be the person I am today if I did not have the experiences that I did. Um, 
But I just, I think, you know, since we're wandering around different topics in our, in our podcast, you know, for me, it was just why I wanted to bring up this topic was to share another idea or another perspective or another way that you can bring healing into your life and through this idea of forgiveness. But it's totally up to you. Like, I'm not saying this is the end all be all. This will solve all problems. No, but this is not going to. (laughs) (laughs) But it's another way to, you know, look at something and and face something or shift something if it works for you. I think the last thing I want to add is if you are finding yourself really stuck, really angry, resentful, something over an experience, whether a direct experience or an indirect one, I would encourage you to think about what you're gaining by staying in that space. Mm -hmm. I look at what's going on around me right now and I just have options. I can, I can stay mired in it and be upset and angry. And I am, and I have, you know, those 24 hour limits for a reason. And then I can create change. I can take action. I can write a letter. I can make a phone call. I can, I can tweet. I can, I don't tweet, but let's act like I did. (laughs) Um, I can do something to work towards the neutrality that we're speaking about. And each step I take, at least I feel like I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. So, and that is the result of me going, I'm just sitting in this, in this space of, of lack of forgiveness and I need to find a way to really move out of it. And so if that's where you are, for me, I journaled, that was definitely a journaling moment. Why am I so angry? And who who am I angry at? Am I angry at myself? Am I angry at a system? Am I angry at an individual? Mm-hmm. And that helped me to kind of find the healing, I, the forgiveness I needed to participate in the healing that I wanted right. to take my next steps. Yep. No, I love it. I think that's great. Oh, and Princess agrees. <laughs> well, Wanderers, I think this is the perfect time to thank you for joining us. If you have not done so already, feel free to hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you like to listen to your podcasts. Please do feel free to leave a review. Those do help us to stay relevant and have other listeners find us. If you want to get in touch with us, we can be reached at cindy c-y-n-d-i at into the known.com you can find us on social media by searching into the known or on instagram into underscore the underscore known and if you haven't done so already we've got a lot of resources up on the into the known.com website all right wanders until next time enjoy the wander <laughs>